Alright everybody, welcome to episode 36 of NPC Talk. My name is Inkronaut, and today is August 1st, 2016. And, uh, man, there's so many updates. Um, this episode has been recorded, like, a long, long time ago, but I'm uploading it now. I love these, um, I love these beginning intros because I think updating you guys is, like, super great. Um, but www.inkronaut.com is getting, uh, its final... It's not final, but a new facelift, a complete website redesign. Before it was done through WordPress, um, now I'm building it from scratch, from the ground up. And uh, yeah, so go check it out. I <laughs> I had a scare earlier. I thought I lost all our old episodes from NPC Talk, but I got them. I found them and we're good. So um, stay tuned, guys, because it's all coming back up. And then we're going back live uh, so, soon enough. Um, and just really quick, I'm just gonna just do a long intro, but, um, Pokemon Go, man, that game is nuts, and it's going crazy. I want to do an episode on that soon, because, oh my goodness, that game is taking over the world. All right, but for now, guys, enjoy this episode. There's an epilogue if you shoot Conrad. If I shoot Conrad, I didn't know that, and then okay. that's all I knew. So, like, Story wise, did you though, know that he was dead. No, I didn't know that. That oh. was that was surprising. So, so, what is that? What do you think that means to you? Okay, so what? Is, I guess it's just confusing because I'm like, I don't know what's real and what's fake anymore. Mm. From the without before I watched the interpretive video afterwards, I'd, I'd be like, I don't know what's real and what's fake, and like I I don't really understand. Yeah, I guess like what what actually happened as we went through Dubai. Do you understand it now? So okay, um, okay. Wait, can we can we go into the meta theory? Because what's confusing me is meta on the meta. Okay. 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 Well, hold, before we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Sorry. Okay. So no wait. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 Go ahead. <laughs> So the meta theory... Wait, hold on. Never mind. It's fine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So the uh, the meta theory is, as far as I know, that... Um, and the writers have kind of confirmed this themselves, is that you, you're in a helicopter scene at the very beginning of the game, and you... And then you um, shoot other helicopters, and then kind of like... Things go bad in your helicopter, and then the screen goes black, right? Which is something else. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, one of the other the enemy helicopter crat is about is on a is heading right towards you, crat to crash. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then, um, and so okay, the video I saw really quick also was saying that the transition between scenes, um, if if the transition is black, yeah then it, it means it actually happened. And if the transition's white, that means it's in um, it's mind. Walker's head. Yeah. And so there comes a second helicopter scene, and Walker's kind of like, oh, this is like deja vu. And it's... Yeah, like, he's like, didn't we already do this? Yeah, and it's like super similar, if not exactly the same as the beginning. And um, and so the, the meta is that everything that happens between those two helicopter scenes is all in Walker's head. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, right? Uh, okay. 
right? I think that's that's what the interpretation well, is. Well, it's it's everything after. Um, so everything between the two helicopter scenes is something that has actually happened. Okay. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everything that... after the second helicopter scene is stuff that didn't happen that is being that is in his mind. I mean, the, the the entirety of it is in his mind, but in terms of what has actually happened and what didn't actually happen, that there that's a right. There's a that, that's uh, the significance of the transitions, right? Yeah. And so, um, I guess the interpretation is that the helicopter scene is where Walker and his team dies, and uh-huh. everything that is played out in Dubai is um, kind of like a a quick life flashback that Walker right. is having. Exactly. Up to yeah. the point of the helicopter. Right. And then including everything after the helicopter, which is his kind of, his mind, his per- his own personal hell. Trying uh, to come to terms with the things the he's fact done. He came in as, a, he tr- came in trying to be the hero and instead basically and like, doomed the entirety. Not to mention, it's basically dooming the city since he oh, did because of the water, the water supply. Yep. Right. So essentially you came in wanting to be the hero and you became the mass murder. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I didn't get that while playing the game. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I totally got it. Um, like when I was watching the video. But when I'm playing the game, right, I see Conrad dead, and uh-huh. then and then you know you see Conrad's reflection. And you hear like kind of all the voices that's going on in your head. And the weird part was because at at the end when you're kind of looking out out at the porch. And then there's that soldier that's behind you, and you yeah. turn around, and he like disappears. Yeah, that really confused me because I was like, "Wait, like was the thirty third actually there like the whole game, or like you know were were the civilians there the whole game? Like, did I just go through like an empty desert just like in my head, and like none of it's real?" Actually, like, Delta I... Squad just died of thirst. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, dude, like what was real? Like what happened the whole game? Like so was I... the whole thing an illusion? So so we just went over that though, right? Yeah, yeah. That, so if, is, if we're if we're going with this um, theory that they that they all died in the helicopter crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even without that theory, right? The 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 premise of the story is Dubai got the storm wall broke and massive sandstorms occurred, right, causing a state of emergency entirety of Dubai. The thirty third was the. Uh, uh, military American military troops stationed there and they were ordered to evacuate. However, Conrad decided he could do more good by staying and trying to maintain order and helping refugees. In the process, he basically had to order a military lockdown over the entirety of Dubai and had to seize control. Then he had to deal with refugees who were unhappy with the situation or general mistrust towards American occupation etc. And he began to have to commit some atrocities in order to maintain order. Right. right. So that all occurred. Eventually, his actions caught up with him and he decided he couldn't handle the the weight of his actions any, any longer. Thus causing him to leave that note at the very end. That you, The one of the intels you find in the level right before his apartment that says this is his last order to the men of 33rd, basically to hold the line. Right. Which I might have missed. Yeah, I know you found that intel, Chris, because you read you read it out loud. In oh, your... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good, 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 good. Strangely, you found it. Strangely, you made the comment like, "Oh, that's cute." 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Chris. <laughs> so he basically couldn't take the responsibility of his actions. And I I feel like he committed suicide, or at least in my he did. interpretation, he basically killed himself. Hand. No, because right. he died in a helicopter crash. No, Conrad. We're talking oh, about Conrad. Conrad. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so he basically left the rest of the 33rd to try to maintain order in Dubai. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, then it kind of comes to the question of who's, who was say, commanding the 33rd well, when you got there. Hmm? Wait, 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 wait. You, you're, you're getting certain things confused right now, though. Because okay. what am I if you're this? ascribing to this theory that everything after the helicopter crash is all in his mind then you actually don't know about the fate of Conrad. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. It's possible that Conrad's alive, but you still never sure. make contact with him. Right. Um, right. The whole... so only if you're ascribing to this idea that it is, uh, it is a straight playthrough, and then the only reason why he states like, oh, wait, we've done this before, is just because of his kind of general confusion and a strange sense of deja vu. That he, which is a, this is also a completely valid way of interpreting the story, right? Um, and I in don't that think case, even if you interpret it that way, Conrad is implied to ever be alive. No, I'm not saying that he's alive. I'm just saying he, that if that is the case, then you actually verify that he is in fact dead. Right. If you play it as a straight playthrough, you verify he's dead. If you don't play right. it, you play it as like a well, actually, that's a, not true, a hell, hellscape dream. Huh? Actually, Sorry? that's not true either. Sorry, I take that back. Because I believe if you... Oh, no, wait. Okay, so because of the branching choice stuff, it's a, it gets a little weird. But if you choose to shoot Conrad, um, and then that soldier comes up and it says, Sir, what do you want to do? And you turn around, he's gone. Conrad is also huh? gone. The dead body of Conrad is mm-hmm, also mm-hmm, gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, seemingly to suggest that... That it's not necessarily it dream. clear that Conrad was dead this whole time, you know? Um, but so it, if anything, this least... kind of reinforces the idea that the the, the hallucination thing. Um, yeah, but at the very least, it still implies that Conrad's existence is still irrelevant. The Conrad that you hear during the entirety of the game and the Conrad that Walker um, is chasing after essentially is an illusion. Because mm-hmm. there's at no point do you actually engage with with Conrad as a character, right? Because the game Im- implies very strongly that the radio that you found, the one that Walker talks to Conrad in throughout the rest of the hallucinatory, well, throughout the rest of the game after the white phosphorus scene, that's not connected to anything. Yeah, you know, actually talking about this making me question the like my canon or whatever. Like, yeah, um, I, go ahead, go ahead. It's it's not straightforward, and, and I think I'm okay with it not being straightforward. That like I have a like a clear, clear idea of the sequence of events or stuff. Like I'm 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 okay with it just kind of being ambiguous that you can take it one way or the other. Um, I think because it, has it to is, be. yeah, because it is a little confusing, right? Because um, it seems like regardless of what you do, um, only if you choose to shoot yourself, I guess. If Walker chooses to shoot himself, that is the only case in which you can say with validity that Conrad did exist and that he was long dead before you arrived, right? Because in that scene, you are slumped down because you just shot yourself and Conrad's body is there next to you. 
But you can uh, also interpret that as simply a figurative existence. It's Walker making the choice in his mind as this is how I'm getting out of my hellscape is No, no, no. You're 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 interpreting it right now with that hallucination thing. I'm saying if you were to play it like without as a straight thinking, yeah, without thinking that everything after the helicopter scene is in his mind. Mm-hmm. That, uh-huh. that that is what it is and the only reason why he feels like it's deja vu is just because he's you know, his mentally not sound. Yeah, right? that's fine. So it could be just that it's not actual deja vu. And from like a, like say like a movie perspective, they're just kind of doing a, like a little foreshadowing like of uh-huh. something to come. Right. Uh-huh. So it doesn't necessarily need to be an actual deja vu. He could just be thinking, oh, wait, didn't we already do this? Sure. Just because he's confused mentally. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, if you just say that and then everything actually literally happens and you, and Walker shoots himself, then Conrad's body is there. So then in that line of interpretation, you can say that Conrad that was there, but he, he's he been dead for quite a while. Oh, so we can't argue whether we think Conrad was alive or not? Throughout it, the game. You can't. You can argue that, but it's not the point. Fine, I won't argue with him. Well, it's... it's wait, but... Wait, Austin. So you're, you, you kind of accept this idea that everything after the helicopter crash... Was in no, his mind. I I took it originally as a straightforward shot, right? So then uh, you can. I took it as everything's. That really? Well, when I first played, it, I took it as everything's real. Cause I, I never considered the alternative. Oh, well, I, but... I'm saying right now. Right now, yeah. I right now. I can. I don't know. I think it okay. doesn't change my interpretation of the the narrative that I have in my head. That actually is not important to the, what I think is the the theme that the game is trying to convey, and the the struggle that Walker went through. Okay, interesting. I like it. I like it. I dig. It's more like a oh, that's a really interesting way to see it, but the themes are all still the same. The struggle is still the same. Right. So you're you are. Um, you are using, or you're saying that the the ambiguity of some of the plot points is kind of like the beauty of it because it gets kind of mitigated by the overall theme of the game. Yeah, rather the the theme is so constant and consistent that mm-hmm. even through multiple different ways to interpret the actual events of the game, mm-hmm. you still have are driven to accept and embrace the themes that the game is addressing okay i like that i like that that's how i feel about inception <laughs> wait, wait 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 you really want to go to inception right now no I, no i won't no, no there no, is no. a canon <laughs> inception can be interpreted oh wait you're talking about I... the ending sorry i thought you were talking about like the like what happens in the... No, 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 the ending. I, I especially okay, love mind. the part where they spin the coin at the end. Right. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Sorry, I'm sorry for... Hey, so I, I'm just realizing <laughs> now that... Um, so so I haven't... I played this game first, right? Before yes, you guys yeah, and I already finished this stuff. So I haven't, like... Show off. Given too much thought about it because I was kind of <laughs> waiting for us to be able to talk. Yeah. Um, Chris, but thinking about it now, I'm realizing I actually really like the idea that um, everything actually happened. And the idea that um, 
everything after the helicopter crash that that's all in his mind as he's dying like his uh own personal hell or whatever mm-hmm. it's really interesting and i like the fact that 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 option or interpretation is there but i actually like the other better because it's a lot more gritty i think and you see that how exactly how far he kind of goes down and this is not saying that he isn't hallucinating there are definitely hallucinations that he faces correct but it doesn't have to all be in his head the entirety of it you know do do you mean the the dubai part well, all of it, right? Because if you're ascribing to the theory that after the helicopter crash, everything is in his head, right? Mm-hmm. That everything up to the helicopter crash, he's just reliving it exactly as it happened. Yes. And everything I, afterwards, I, I, he's just making it all up in his mind, yes. right? Like, I, I'm saying, I think it's it's fine and it's cool and interesting that that interpretation is there. But I, I'm thinking now, it, I like the idea that it actually literally happened, all of it, better. Um. Okay. Oh, so, so what would the difference be though? Because if it happens exactly the way it actually happened, like mm-hmm. what's because it means that in real life, Walker Walker had to experience everything that happened after the crash. Uh huh. Which is pretty horrifying. Right. So <laughs> he had horrifying. to experience. So he went and groups up with Adams, and then they go try to find Lugo, their squad mate, and then see him die. Lynched. Right. Uh-huh. And then you have to, you as a person. Or Walker as a person was faced with this choice of potentially shooting at a bunch of innocent, well, not innocent, but, but refugees, uh, unarmed, not, yes. unarmed civilians, non-combatants, right? And um, then, but why wouldn't that have happened in the hallucination thing? It's because he hallucinated. The helicopter crash. So the helicopter crash happens after the radio tower, right? That's clear, right? So everything after the radio tower to you finding Conrad in his chair, right? The theory would then be that oh, that is, is a dream. The Lugo part was after the yes. helicopter. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So, oh, interesting. So right, so so Ben's saying, you know, you're forced to make the decision: do you shoot non-combatants even after what they've done to your friend, basically? Interesting. Oh, right. and then so you struggle through the rest of the thirty-third, basically the yeah. last of the thirty-third. Yeah. So, which is, um, again, like I, I'm not, I, I, I like both ideas, but, um. I'm remembering now that that was actually probably my favorite part where, um, you know, now the mentality is, you know, I'm going to get that son of a, you know, when you're going after Conrad and you're going through all all the entirety of his remnants of the 33rd battalion. And then there's the part where um, a mortar fire hits near you. And then the screen goes to a fiery blackness and says, welcome to hell, you know, and you see these Uh like flaming bodies running towards you and stuff like that. Um, that that's clearly a hallucination, regardless of whether you think the entirety of it is made up in his mind or correct, not. Correct. But I I like the idea that Walker, as a person, is experiencing that in real life. Okay. You know, I think I was... it there's just it just adds a lot more depth and grit to it, and it it shows the full extent to his descent into madness. Yeah, I think even if it was a a death dream. I I would still choose to believe he still has the consciousness and wherewithal to have to to basically be forced to sure face, sure so he's kind of virtually himself. in his mind experiencing right. it as if it were real to him when in fact he is lying lying dying dead yeah, yeah, yeah exactly sure but the same idea is that that's probably a good middle ground that's probably right. a good middle it's like, ground it's still mentally 
horrifying and mentally trying as he's right. he's basically struggling with his actions and realizing he's killed and damned all these people and right. you know it's mental torment which is in a way the game is trying to commentate about that horrors of war can leave mental scars right isn't that the isn't that the other theory though it has to be in his head it can't just not actually not have happened wait, i guess if he they, technically died then what? i mean it's, it's still a wait it's still about his str- mental struggle both ways. Yes. I don't know if any theory reduces it to a physical struggle. Or I mean, the when Ben says it's a middle ground, like isn't that middle ground just the other theory? Well, you could just like say he's just dying and he doesn't know what's going on. It's okay. just him like having a nightmare. Oh yeah, that's lame. Right. The 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 middle ground I think that we're saying is that he's dying, but he is in his mind experiencing that this this thing. So he is sort of mentally being tortured by his own personal yeah personally yeah, but, crafted hell out of his guilt that's how but, i interpreted yeah the like it, it was just like a nightmare that's so like trite that i would not i'm not even considering that that seems so that seems way below the writers to just say oh yeah he's just having a nightmare before he dies yeah man it's, that that scene was so gritty and cool though N- not not cool in the sense of what's happening but like the like the the experience of it was was incredibly engaging as like an art form to me like um, so so i really like the whole aspect of the evolving uh voice the lines of walker Um, the different ways in which he executes uh people and the the way the way he uh uh barks orders at adams and lugo Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how, how that all changes the evolution of that i that was so great for me so like that was like the pinnacle of that, you know, and he's reloading. Right. He's like, God damn it, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. It was it was really really cool. I don't so like I don't know how he said uh, kill is fucking confirmed in yeah. the early person oh, game, yeah, yeah. but when he said it at the end, I was like, he is so mad. Yeah, just, maybe at first when you hear that line, you're just even if this line doesn't actually change. And in the in the podcast from Gamespot, to talk to the writer. The writer said they explicitly had all the voice actors do multiple iterations as they became more ragged. Yeah. Right? So that that was a very intentionally set up where they would start saying things one way and at the end of the game it's just them angry, upset, and just emotionally torn up. And I don't know if the kill is fucking confirmed line ever actually changed. And even if it doesn't, it's actually, I think, testament more to how amazing this game is. Because early on, I actually, I think he does say it. I think I heard it during your FUBAR run. Uh, I don't think um, so. I don't think he says it. When Lugo takes a shot. Well, he he does say, like, kill is fucking confirmed. And it's kind of like. I don't think so. Did he? I don't remember that. That seems like that would be something I remember. Because that seems like a stark contrast. Because he's pretty stoic at first. And, you know, like, Adams and Lugo are kind of joking around. He's like, settle down, guys. You know, like, yeah, keep it know. professional. Yeah, so, if, okay, so if he doesn't say it, then it's amazing, right? Like, just how vengeful and and just bloodthirsty he becomes right. at the end of the game. If he does say it, and let's say it doesn't change, right? Then it's really interesting as, like, a fourth wall breaking... Oh, this is a line that you would hear often in, say, like Battlefield Four or Call of Duty, where it's like, "Yeah, high five, bro, sweet kill." To like, this guy's just really mad, and like, just he's really messed up, right? The context of the whole game changes so much, where even if they didn't change the line, which I don't know if they did or not, that single line can have so much power. Yeah, even without changing. 
and it also gets into how the load screens change, which I really, really liked. And that's another thing that really put a smile on my face besides the refugee shoot in the air scene. Um, cause I think it was that, supposed to make you feel bad and not smile and be happy. Well, I just wanted <laughs> it to tell me how you are still a good man. Wait, it just doesn't like the, say that. The loading screens get more more aggressive at you, the player. No, there's a period of time where it's, it's, it's kind of vocalizing his thoughts, like his struggle with, I know, I didn't do these things. People made me. It says things like, oh, you are still a good man. Like, no, oh, you so, did your best. So what you're talking about is there's a, there's a, so I'm looking at it right now. Oh, the death screens. Um, yeah, no, the loading screens. It says, the first one, it says, how many Americans have you killed today? There's no difference between what is right and what is necessary. If you were a better person, you wouldn't be here. It's time for you to wake up. Squad commands are available. Okay, so it's obviously not in chronological order. But I think the one you're talking about is, it says, you are still a good person. So that's probably somewhere in the, uh, shortly after the, like, the traumatic events and stuff where he's trying to rationalize it in his head, right? Where he hasn't come to terms with it yet. But then later, it's very much more aggressive where it says, this is all your fault. Do you feel like a hero yet? Yeah. To kill for yourself is murder. I really like that. Yeah. Oh, here's another, um, here's another denial one. It's Conrad. He did it. All of it. Yeah. I, so, like, I really like that as, like, a, well, when they start, it's all, you know, the usual, like, oh, yeah, no, don't forget to right-click so you can use your gun's optical, whatever. Yeah. You know, or there's, like, alt fire. And then right. as the game progresses, it starts portraying Walker's thoughts, like, oh, I'm still a good person. Oh, it's all Conrad's fault. And as the game moves on even more, as he begins to have to struggle and come face to face and with his actions like and you know you, those lines that you mentioned are really great they also come out and start basically prodding the player and bringing up the overlying commentary about military shooters and- yeah th- this is actually a really great one about and it's very cheeky it says the US military does not condone the killing of unarmed combatants but uh-huh. this isn't real so why should you care mhm <laughs> this, that's this like is... that's multiple layers right there. So one, it's talking about the criti- the kind of the criticism about the shooter genre, right? Like, who cares? You know, you can you feel free to do whatever you want. But in another sense, you can also interpret that as that you know the whole uh, Walker is dead and oh, he's dying and hallucinating thing. You know, but mm-hmm. this isn't real, so why should you care? Right? Yeah, I really so I really like those loading screens. By the end, I was like, oh, I should die more just to read more. <laughs> You don't have to die more. You just have to watch my stream. Mm, apparently, that's true. <laughs> Suck. Um, so, for the epilogue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, still uh, subscribing to the theory that everything after the helicopter is in his head. Uh-huh. Um, so, he shoots uh, Conrad, and I guess in his head, that's his redemption. And so, he kind of... Uh, no. He's still putting dep- blame on Conrad. Yeah, I think it depends on how you want to see this. Or like, yeah, his redemption is killing Conrad and saying it's Conrad's fault. Mm, that's not redemption. Well, that's not, in my that's book. not redemption. I think that's his continued denial. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, so choosing to shoot Conrad, you are he is refusing to accept responsibility. It is always Conrad's fault. Okay. Yeah. Right. And his if you subscribe to it as like it's a it's a death dream. Right, so if you shoot Conrad, 
and then you choose to let the soldiers take you home, maybe it's his like attempt to find peace. Like this is how he wants it to end. But it's also kind of a not taking actual responsibility for his actions and trying to still find peace. There's there's uh, interesting lines about that actually that choice. So uh-huh. if you do shoot Conrad, but then you choose to give up your lay down your arms and go with the uh, the American evacuation soldiers. force, uh-huh. right? Um, well, first Conrad, when you shoot him, he says something like something like, "But you can still go back home," uh-huh. or something like that, right? I, I think I have like trying to find a line here. Hold on. Uh, da, 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 da. It takes a strong man. Yeah, it takes a strong man to determine what's in front of him. If the truth is deniable, you create your own. You need someone to play. Oh, man, where is it? You shoot. Okay. So be it fine. It takes... Okay, whatever you say, Walker, no matter what happens next, don't be too hard on yourself. Even now, after all you've done, you can still go home. Mm-hmm. Lucky you. Mm-hmm. Um, is what Conrad said. But then if you, in the epilogue, get killed... Right, mm-hmm. so you shoot at them, and then the soldiers kill you. Uh-huh. I think uh, you hear a dialogue between Walker and Conrad when they were in Afghanistan, and Conrad says something to the effect of, "People like us, the things we've done, there's no way we can go back." Um, like, yeah, he says, "There's no way we can go back." Uh-huh. So, which is, uh, you know, in stark contrast to what his what Conrad was saying before. Or if you shoot Conrad, you know. Right. If if it's in his head, it could be like the realization of you you might want to go home. Right. So basically, if if this is all a, a death dream, right? Conrad essentially is just his projection, and he still be- wants to believe he can go home. And then the epilogue scene is his realization: there is no place for someone like him. Right. So I think there's a really interesting part. Almost every ending can get is can fit with the narrative, right? They right. all work oh. as like as a headcanon, right? Which I think is really cool. Also, if you if you do give up your gun and you go get in the Humvee with that soldier, the soldier goes like, "Oh, how did you manage to survive?" And he says, "Who says I did?" Right. Uh, I just, I just really like the ending, right? In, in my head, canon, he basically went from bro soldier to tortured soul, while still trying to blame Conrad to trying to do what the moral high ground is, to basically realizing the only thing he can do is let the weight of his sins crush him. Yeah, I think that's my head canon. Regardless of which interpretation you like, want to go with or whatever. Um, what I find to be central and what I find most appealing about the game in general or as a whole is the character development of Walker, like you said. Yeah, it's, right? it's amazing, right? Yeah, so I like that. It, like, it doesn't really matter like how you want to interpret it or whatever. That's all fine and good. But at the core of it, regardless, is you get to see this development of Walker as he descends into darkness. Yep. Man, this quote oh, is so so awesome, though. Conrad... So in their like last conversation, says, um, uh, "This isn't my fault. It takes a strong man to deny what's right in front of him. And if the truth is undeniable, you create your own. The truth, Walker, is that you're here because you wanted to feel like something you're not—a hero. 
I'm here because you can't accept what you've done. It broke you. You needed someone to blame, so you cast it on me, a dead man. That's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the writers did were, did a really great job. And yeah. the story direction is really great. And if we haven't... Is there anything else you guys would like to say about the narrative before we move into commentary? I think um, I think for, for my canon, uh, Walker doesn't find redemption. He just... I think I would have killed Conrad in a... In a normal setting, and just say, um, and um, I think that yeah, that Walker finds like his quote unquote inner peace by blaming it all on Conrad, even though it's like not the you know right choice, I guess. So denial. Yes. I well, don't know. I think that's still a good story. Yeah. I don't think there's a there's a right or wrong choice. That's like saying that. Um, that that's like saying the refusal choice in Mass Effect Three is like a bad choice or something. Right. In, in in these kind of games, the narrative, the the most impressive thing that the writers can do, and I think they succeed in Spec Ops, is every ending is not necessarily good or bad. In that, this ending is worse than the other one. They're all well written and have a lot of ways you can think about it, interpret it and come out with a greater understanding of the themes and the story that they're trying to express to the audience. Right. I, I meant bad ending as in, like... Morally wrong? Quote-unquote morally wrong, yeah, yeah. But that still makes yeah. for a great story. Like, a lot of yeah. good novels don't have happy endings. They don't have, like, peace and resolution because that's what incites discussion. That's what keeps people thinking and up at night. Yeah. I mean, it's not that there's a happy ending. I think my ending's better than yours. Just I I think all the endings are better than mine, and yet mine is still better than all of yours. What do so, I know? So I I know you didn't uh, listen to the same audio cast that we did, Chris, but I really liked the writer's uh, um, description about the game. Mm. That you know they were essentially seeing uh, the video game as uh, a medium for as an art form you know yeah yeah and so i'm i i really like that um kind of mentality because i think that's uh it's a it's a neat evolution of the the medium that i i'm really enjoying seeing as the years kind of go by like so i i also you know um entertain myself with the game like battlefield or something where you don't really think about it you know Mm -hmm. it's it's just pure you know, adrenaline strategy right. and like a skill set, right? Kind of thing. Like, so like I just know, shoot better, right? And out of context, it sounds very weird. You know, if if someone were to like listen in, you know, like like did you get him? Oh, I killed him. You know, <laughs> like oh, did you see me knife the fool? You know, it it sounds very like uh like we were completely desensitized or something. But in my mind, that's actually not the case. I'm very much aware that what I am playing is in fact the game. Um, so it's, it's, I think really interesting to see this, uh, evolution, I think coming where you see more and more games coming out as more of a, an expression of art. Um, and I think this game in particular does a, does a really great job at it and uses, 
uh, this this medium of a video game to its fullest. I, I feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, think... I thought it was it was really great. Sorry, it was just really great that the writer um, explained that that was actually his his motive or their motivation and their um, their own personal take on like why they were kind of undergoing this project. You know, mm-hmm. so I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I think it can it can be um, it can be seen like it's really apparent playing through the game. Um, that that's why like I was saying earlier like when you experience the environment like the story itself is clearly an art form like it's really well done, but then even playing through the game, you you the the immersion that you feel in the game even though like you know the graphics or gameplay isn't like innovative or anything. But they just do a really good job of, um, of kind of putting, bringing in like that intensity or bringing in like that adrenaline into the game that, yeah, um, that you can only really feel if the creators put in that art, art form, et- um, like extra work into it. Yeah, yeah. definitely is a product of really great writing and then having the tools and the wherewithal too follow a vision mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah right there there are also a lot of neat little things too like um like the soldiers you fight um as the game progresses you realize more and more that you know you're like the hunter becomes a hunted or, yeah yeah right yeah that that kind of thing right where at first the 33rd was like very aggressive against against the Delta Squad, these foreign invaders. Oh, they must be working with the CIA. We yeah, have to kill them, you know. They originally think you're the CIA, so they're out to get you. Right, but then towards the end, it's like, you know, how are these? How is this three man squad? I think there's a piece of intelligence that says something like that, right? Like, yeah, how is this three man squad just killing all of us, <laughs> right? And you know, I think um, during the white phosphorus mortar fire thing, after you start shooting rounds, the soldiers start retreating and running back. Right, um, but you you know keep on pressing forward. Um, I I actually forget where I was going with this, but um, oh, I remember now. Um, but so you you start to see like more of the humanity in the you know the quote unquote enemies, right? The people you're shooting at, they have um, a lot more humanity to them as opposed to a lot of generic shooters where it's just a clearly like, oh, you're the good guy, they're the bad guys. You know, no right. remorse. You kill them because they're these bloodthirsty killers, you know. Um, but, you know, there's that one scene where you're up in that tower and you sneak up on these two guys and they're just yeah, like chatting. And he's like, gum. hey, you got a piece of gum? He's like, oh, here. And so, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, and then, you know, you they either turn around and then you start to engage in, in a firefight or, you know, you can kill them as they're talking and stuff. Yeah. Uh, little things like that I thought were, were really... Really interesting and really cool. Mm-hmm. Definitely provides um, a good, um, uh, puts it on a different um, shelf as like the generic shooters. So it, it really sets it apart, you know? Yeah. Oh, there's so much more we can talk about. We're already two, uh, two hours in. So, would you want to talk about for yeah. commentary? <laughs> okay, so essentially. There's a lot of discussion, and the writer himself has also stated that one of the things they wanted to try to use the game to address is the idea of, or the state of modern military shooters. The idea, or even 
not even just military shooters, but kind of this idea that there's a cognitive dissonance between playing, oh, you know, I'm supposed to be the good guy, yet you're mowing down, like, hundreds of people. You know, Yeah, they're not real people, but in the game, you're basically, like, killing by the hundreds, right? And they're talking about the desensitization of such violence in video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the podcast, they even brought up a good point that the voice actor for Walker is also the voice actor for Nathan Drake in Uncharted, which is not traditionally, but historically known to be a game where you're like, you play this smart mouth. I don't know if he's anti-hero, but he's a hero. Like he's, he seems like a cool guy. He's got morals. He's trying to do the right thing. Yet the gameplay requires you to kill people by the hundreds. But it's never mentioned, like, oh, yeah, basically you're a psychopathic killer because you feel no remorse. Like, there's no, there's a weird dissonance between the actual gameplay portions where you're killing tons of people and the character during cutscenes where he's happy-go-lucky, you know, joking around with his friends and being, like, a cool male Tomb Raider, right? And that's also kind of true in military shooters where you play, like, elite heroes and basically just mow down tons of people without regard of... Like, what does that say about culture? What does that say about um, dehumanizing the enemies in other games? Which, if you really think about, tend to be Russian, Chinese, Middle Eastern, like, non-American. Right? So, and then there's always, there's also this idea of uh, railroading players into situations, right? Mm-hmm. The the idea of choice or the choice that we make by choosing to play a game, right? That's which is one of the most interesting things I I heard about the game, and I've that ended up really making me think is that there's games like Spec Ops, and there's I can name a few other games, but I won't since they're or they would be spoilers for potential other games that will come up during Game Club in the future that break the fourth wall and talk about that you actually have the choice to not do things. For example, the white phosphorus scene. There is a choice. You can choose to use white phosphorus and kill everything, including the civilians. Or you can walk away. The game doesn't explicitly explicitly offer you a walk-away option at any point. The walk-away option is to turn the game off and say, in my head, my team chose to leave. Yes. Right. Then it kind of comes down to okay, is that really like as a game developer, is that really what you want to do? Do you want people to like to to stop playing a game? Also, that doesn't really sell games, right? Like that's kind of uh, not the reason to play games. It's like I'm not going to play this game so I can not play it. Right. So there's a lot of discussion about that, and people are understandably uh, unaccepting of that kind of mentality, unaccepting of that kind of intention. Um, but I think for a game like Spec Ops, it actually works quite well um, to realize that there is a choice further and above the subtle choices offered in the game, and that is to break the fourth wall and walk away from the game. So what I this is reminding me now that um, I didn't know this, but Spec Ops is apparently a franchise. It is. Right? Yep. There were uh-huh. you know a bunch of previous Spec Ops games, but I, but it sounded like. None of them did anything like this. Nope. That this, this was a 
a very different take on on the series. Yep. So you know how early uh, early in this conversation we were talking about how they didn't do anything innovative with regards to gameplay. Well, they which and then we know we were making the argument that you know it's not entirely fair to be talking about the game minus its narrative because it's a very it's the narrative is, is at the forefront, right? So then now that we are talking kind of about, or now that we have been talking about the narrative and this stuff uh, around it, um, I think it's worth mentioning that in terms of a narrative, I felt like they definitely did something new and novel and innovative um, on that front. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely, I mean, not even just uh, innovative for the series, which it definitely is, but innovative for the entire genre right. as a whole. Right, exactly. Exactly. Right. To make it less about a straight heroism run with guns, but a narratively interesting game with choices and choices beyond the obvious. Right. And then um, and you were talking about the white phosphorus. You were just talking, mentioning the white phosphorus scene and stuff. Um and I realized that it was it's very s- smart what they did because um it's very important I think that they made it not a choice for the player to use or not use the white phosphorus round mm-hmm. right because if you made it a choice then I think you can make an argument that that it was unnece- unnecessary yeah. like why did you do that right and that's why they he was saying like at one point they considered a branching storyline, but that completely detracts from their the, the goal, the, right? Yeah, the, the, I agree. the kind of narrative they're trying to tell. So yeah. it, it could only work if they force the player to do that. Right? And um and the manner in which they did it is also interesting to note because I think they may had they may have intentionally had it reminiscent of the uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Yes. Where you have the uh, the AC-130 Spectre gunship uh, mission where you know, you're know you up in the sky far, far away and then the enemy is just white dots. You know? yep. And then you shoot them, you kill them and you know you don't hear anything about uh, anything of how they die, you know? And uh-huh. you know, the pilots and you as the player on the gunship even make remarks like, oh, got him, bullseye! Like yeah. he blew up to bits nice or whatever. Shot. Yeah. So and that uh, scene is definitely yeah a climax of both the narrative, you know, at the in just terms of a storytelling level, as well as a climax of the commentary they throw towards military shooters. Right? Yeah, and the pacing is great too. That was that scene. I think is at the end of the chapter that's smack dab in the middle. I believe. Mm-hmm. It's definitely at the same time you think of it that way. It's like it's definitely a kind of like a slow burn kind of game, right? You play through like the first half, and it's no different from another military shooter that you're playing. It's weird. It's got stuff going on. You're like, yeah, this crazy guy, and I'm here to save the day. Well, I it, I don't know. I guess I haven't played enough other shooters. Maybe I I don't have a good enough um, catalog of games under my belt to be making a comment. But I actually felt that the story was far more engaging than um, I don't know than others that I have played. I can't really think of any other 
Like there's so there's Call of, War, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Yeah. Which was interesting, but then it was, and it was a what do you call it? It was a, a non vocal, non vocal you, right? Like you, the character, is there, but you don't like say anything. I feel like Modern Warfare One was definitely like a high fantasy military shooter. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, you're the hero, and there's no doubt about that, you know. Yep. Um, and the enemy is definitely the enemy, the bad guys. Yep. Um, and also in Battlefield, um. It's also like that, right? It's like you and your squad are the good guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, America and whatever. And they are the bad guys you shoot them. So if uh, that's, I guess that's really the only other um, comparison I can think of. And in that sense, the, even the first half of the story and stuff, I thought was very different, at least for me. Because it was the way that they were telling the story and how the story was driving everything was, uh, was very engaging. Mm. Oh, and I also like the fact that you can jump over the cover and kick them in the face. Like, I don't remember so, seeing that in any other game. So, as a, kind of <laughs> just to kind of take a step back away from commentary and stuff, I keep forgetting to bring it up. I actually didn't use execution during the game. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, so when I was watching Christian, I was like, oh, that's really brutal. Because they show you once, and there's one scene where you kick a guy over the ledge to save Lugo and uh, Adams. But that's the only two times I've actually had an execution scene. I think halfway through the game, I actually consciously made the decision. Like, yeah, I don't think my walker would use executions. Like, he's trying to be a step above... Well, that, really I don't. Weird. I don't. I don't know what you mean by that, because I know that it says execution, but the guy is like writhing on the ground and yeah, pain. they're like dead already. I actually just shoot a lot of them in the head as I walk past. Right. Right. Okay. Um. Well. It, okay. Two things <laughs> for the execution thing. First of all, I know. I know we're just talking about desensitization, but, but the the brutality is like pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, they're well designed. Like they're this they're guy. Really well. <laughs> this guy is the audience. Um, and then it, the for the execution, it, it's actually like pretty cool because um, throughout the game, like Walker beats on them um, more like intensely towards the end of the game. Yeah, necessarily so. More, yeah, it becomes more brutal. Yeah, yeah, it's really really cool. The one that I thought was particularly interesting was that he, I do the execution right. He shoots uh-huh. him in the knee first, oh. and then he shoots him in the head. Wow! <laughs> just gotta, you know. Yeah, I, sure I, I just thought that was so interesting. I was like, wow! Like, so I, I really, I actually liked it a lot because, like I was saying, like my focus going into uh, my focus as I was playing was to see everything. Yeah, the like the narrative and seeing the descent, um, yeah. and and actually and figuring out what what the heck was going on. So I was very focused on that. So then seeing the evolution of the executions, mm-hmm. or uh, and especially the way in which he was voicing his like whatever his lines were, was was very great detail. Yeah, I think for me, the way that I've come to think about it and be happy with my narrative is that the walker that I played struggled with taking the high ground and the moral high ground and do the right thing through the whole game, even while 
being consumed by the fact that he did terrible things and is caught up in something that he can't control. Yeah, he right. still chose not to walk away because I didn't walk away from the game. It's There are definitely people whose stories I read, their interpretation or their headcanon of um, Spec Ops is is angry walker is full blown I am like you are all terrible and I am death reborn here to destroy everything because of so that the punisher walker yeah like people have like to them that is their canon like they un- they understand his rage and they are become destroyer of worlds and I think that's really interesting too, right? Like it's, it is a very good game to let you have both these two stories exist co coexist while still maintaining that common thread, the the environment, the the actions that you can't control, the events that you can't control, are all the same. Yet our personal interpretations and personal experiences of the story can differ. It's something that other shooters definitely don't let you do. Other shooters tend to be very on the nose. It's a, it, has there... Do you know of any other shooters that was narrative-driven, though? It kind of like gets every- in a gray area of, like, is it a shooter anymore? Like, Deus Ex is a good game. But and it's a third person game. You know, it's got some stealth mechanics. It's not necessarily a shooter per se. Wait, why and is it not a shooter? Does he does he use a gun? Do you he shoot? He does have shoot. Yeah, he can. But it kinda this then gets into the kind of the gray area of how do we categorize games, like what constitutes a third person shooter? Or oh. would you call it a third person action game? Is is Deus Ex like Metal Gear Solid? It's it has yeah, it's more like Metal Gear Solid. Okay. But without with slightly less emphasis on stealth, though you can definitely stealth the game. I definitely played a stealth run. And more options to talk your way through as well. Mm-hmm. Right, there's more... There You can upgrade to be more charismatic. Right, so it kind of gets like, okay, what is it really? I mean, it's a well, third-person game. No, wait, no, it's first-person. Oh, interesting, it's first-person. I totally forgot about that. I'm like... And when you try to stealth, it turns third-person... Right, it had some like switching thing, right? Right, it has something going on. Yeah, well, I think you can try to. I, I don't think it hurts to make some like ge- general categorizations, just so people have an understanding of what to expect. You know, yeah. the the uh. the definite target of Spec Ops commentary is military shooters, mm-hmm. right? Which is very clear about that. I don't think it's very uh, obscure. This I don't think it's supposed that's... to be subtle. If, if that's right, it's mean. not. It's, it's definitely like hammer on the head degree of subtlety. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of details you can keep like picking at and being yeah. amazed with. I, so I actually have a question. Yeah. Um, so this doesn't specifically have to do with like the story of Spec Ops or whatever, but sure. more in terms of like game talk. 
Um, how did you guys feel about the choice of uh, playing Spec Ops to, and then choosing it to talk about? I like it a lot. Five out of seven, perfect. Five out of seven. Should I get some rice, man? <laughs> uh, should I get some rice? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, I, I think it's a. Uh, I I think I like the idea of having diversity in the kind of games that mm-hmm. we play and talk about. So I'm I'm pretty excited about our our lineup of upcoming games, um, and this is you know definitely very different from say To the Moon or, or whatever. Um, so. Yeah. So I do have a suggestion for the next one, since it seems like we're just let's wrap up the spec ops talk and think about the future. Yeah. yeah. Well, unless so, unless either of you have anything else you want to say. Oh, I mean, I really like the game. It's not a game I would go back to necessarily anytime soon, but it's a game that the same way I would like love to have people read Heart of Darkness and tell me what they think is the same kind of game where I would say, here, you should play this, even if you play it on easy. You should play this because I want to hear. How you think about I, okay that that story. reminds me of uh, interest. I saw so when you initially said that earlier, I thought that was kind of odd. So like when I introduce when I want to introduce someone to a game, uh-huh. I would only do it if I feel like they would enjoy it. But it sounds Fair like enough. you're kind of saying that you enjoyed it, so you want to see, you know, you so you want everyone else to enjoy it too, kind of like. Not necessarily that. It's more. It's a little bit more selfish than, than share the wealth. It's more. I enjoyed it because it has so much content, and it would amuse me and interest me to hear other people's interpretations and the wow. choices they would make. Ego. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, and, hey, and why their choices were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> or, or why they make those choices as Chris, people, and why awesome I'm the. Guy. No, no. It's it's why they would make those choices as people and why i'm the better person <laughs> right. right you're talking hey, to the guy hey, who projects hey, Chris, himself into did you have some ideas of other people we could invite to this conversation <laughs> <laughs> this guy's freaking me out you're kicked out of the club austin <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding confirm um, um yeah i mean i agree with you that spec ops is amazing <laughs> it is well, no. So the the direct question was, um, Austin was kind of saying that he wants to uh, suggest a game for other people because he finds it interesting or amusing to, to hear their, their interpretation or their yeah. choices or their reactions. Yeah. Um, and I said, I would only recommend a game to someone if I felt like that would be something that they would enjoy. Right. In all fairness. I would not recommend it expecting everyone I say, you should play this game to play it. Because <laughs> so, you're right. It, it comes down to how people and what people enjoy. And I understand not everyone plays games to think about themes and narrative. Right. So, so that, that's, that's the important word there. So, so you, you say, you know, you, you play a game, right? But in, for the case of Spec Ops, I feel like it's it may even be more appropriate to say, like, you know, it's like experiencing a narrative, an interactive narrative or something. Yeah, I guess Kind I... of going back to our previous game talk. Um, where, because I, I feel like I was, it was more about the story than, the, like, the act of playing, right? Like, I know that I definitely had agency and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So there's no doubt that it was, in fact, a game, but the driving force behind it was um, was what the writers and the developers was trying to, like the message or the themes that they were trying to convey. Mm-hmm. Right? Not so much of a, hey, this game is cool. You can shoot and you can do these things. Check out these mechanics. It's very entertaining. Like entertaining is not the word I would use to describe Spec Ops. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I think it is. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I, I, it depends on what you're entertained with, but I understand what you're saying. It's not just like right. straightforward, and I'm the 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 enjoyment lies beyond just what's at face value. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, I, I maybe it's just a like nitpicking at words and definitions yeah. there or something. Like I I wouldn't say like oh yeah, Spec Ops is a really fun game. For from like that's not that wouldn't be my initial go to description of Spec Ops, you know. Um, I guess that's kind of like what I mean. I don't yeah, know. It's it's a little it's it's a little. It, I, language comes into play here, I guess. Well, this uh, also kind I of didn't want to drag this on. Well, this all comes down to the idea why we're trying to do game talk, right? Why we think this is an interesting right. idea is right. not so much we want to define what's fun or define what's entertaining. Yeah. What's the best game ever? But to kind of break down why we like the games we like and try exploring other genres, so we I at least know why we don't like what we well, don't like. Well, that that and I'm actually beginning to become more and more interested in um, exploring video games as a medium for uh, art, as an expression of art. Um, you know, there was an interesting one where you said you play it with the you you play the game. With the intent that the developers right tried to portray, yeah, and you don't project, and that's when you were saying that it kind of reminded me of the to the moon discussions we were having, where you're like, oh, I or originally you were like, I don't want to play this game because you know they're trying to just make me feel bad or yeah, right? Like, I don't think it's so. I definitely feel like before you felt a lot of the emotional aspects of games or just like gimmicks to try to no 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 that, that was that was more specific to to the moon because okay, like it's a cheap, cheap cry yeah exactly exactly like, um it's just taking but, a cheap shot but, to make you cry because it's but, easy right but i'm not disagreeing with you i i would actually say i am agree i would actually agree with you and say that yes i am actually you are witnessing an evolution in <gasps> in blank in the heart of blank muffins Oh no, uh, evolution! <laughs> I think I think that, that that's why I'm saying this right now. Like I'm actually becoming more and more interested in exploring video games as a medium, as an expression of art. Screw uh, Walker! I want to know about muffins. <laughs> or not muffins. Um, well, yeah, first you uh, have to Blanks. get some butter and flour and sugar. <laughs> if you want chocolate chips, get some chocolate chips and blueberries. Well, welcome to Blank Muffins Talk, where you can <laughs> fill in the blank. As to your favorite muffin. <laughs> oh, so smart, so smart. Ten, ten out of twelve. <laughs> wow. Ten out of ten. Um. Yeah, I mean, um, in general, I just think, um, yeah, just, uh, I understand that like indie games and developers have their own kind of thing going on, but it's just neat that you can have access to such a wide variety of games. Yeah. Good or bad. Let's call it a night for now. Yes. No, wait. Uh, let's make sure we understand the proper definition of canon. Okay. Screw you guys. <laughs> so a cannon is a large firearm 
typically you load round spheres into it after packing in black powder that explodes. All I hear is Alright, good night guys. This was fun. And, well, actually, a long time ago, especially during the Civil War era, they tend to cast them. See you guys. Alright, good night. Alright guys, that was episode 36 of NPC Talk. Uh, Spec Ops the Line Part 2. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed the episode, and trust me, there's plenty more coming. Um, but for now, guys, we are out. Have a good night.